Welcome, flower friends, to the Local Flowers Podcast, where you'll fall in love with local seasonal blooms even more by hearing the stories from flower farmers new and experienced. I'm your host, Rochelle, from Freckled Bloom Flower Farm. Welcome. What's blooming, my friends? On this episode, I have been spending the last several weeks just reflecting on the 2023 season, and I thought it would be good to just sit down and do a bit of a recap. Also, we're almost at our year anniversary of the podcast, so I thought it was really fitting to wrap up season one with a recap of the 2023 season and then kind of talk about my goals for the 2024 season and what you can expect in season two of the podcast. But first and foremost, thanks for being here. Thanks for hanging on throughout this whole first season with me and for all of you that may be new listeners. I just welcome you and I'm excited you're here and I know it's a good reminder and you've probably heard it a lot but the whole purpose of this podcast was I'm a flower farmer and a farmer florist and I just felt like there was a gap. I wanted to create a community and a platform that flower farmer or farmer florists like myself could come and put in their earbuds and as they were working alone in their field or in their floral shops, they could listen in and get tips and tricks or just hopefully joining in on the conversation and think of some type of idea that they may explore deeper. So really no strings attached, no big goal with this podcast, I'm not here to be at the number one spot. I'm just here to create community. And that is one amazing highlight of my 2023 season is this podcast and the community that I have created and fostered along the way. You know, oftentimes, I don't know if you're in this particular spot, but as a woman that's almost at her 40th birthday and I'm kind of in this next chapter in my life, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm finding myself like not fitting in the traditional crowds. And so it's been such a blessing to connect with so many of you and just be able to talk about our lives and our ambitions and our business goals and just be able to connect with people that are on a similar path as yourself. And that's why the podcast has been probably at the top of my list, one of the best things of 2023. So thanks, friends. And as I roll into season two, season one's not going to stop. <laughs> We're just going to call the next couple episodes season two. And I just invite each and every one of you to the conversation. If you're in year one, year 20, I want to include each and every one of you. If you're at a smaller scale or a larger scale, I think that we all have something to learn from each other. So I'm excited for season two. I've learned so much. You go back to the first couple episodes episodes and you're like oh my goodness but I really wasn't planning on being like an expert podcaster I just wanted to connect with folks and talk all about flowers and so as the year has evolved so has the podcast and the flower farmer chats really became something that naturally occurred when I started interviewing my friends that were my guinea pigs in the very beginning and I'm gonna have Val on to kick off season two she was my first guest and yeah I just it they're friendly chats so you feel like you're sitting around the table with your friends and you can have a laugh and you can relate with them and that was really my goal 
and can't wait for more of it in season two. So if I go back all the way back to the beginning of 2023, Valentine's Day, it's like my third season where I've tried to do something for Valentine's Day. I just loathe that holiday. I actually love it. It's one of my favorite holidays because my birthday's in February and I love the color pink. But it's like one of the number one holidays for flowers. But yet, really the only thing that's available are the typical cliche flowers. And I've tried to do different products to help, you know, encourage people to think beyond the traditional flowers but you know it was a learning experience I didn't make a ton of money off of those various products but what I did learn is that selling my CSA during that time and really educating my community about hey you can go spend x y and z on a bunch of cliche flowers or you can buy a subscription and give a gift of flowers that keeps on giving and so just really taking that opportunity to not only educate on my farm and my flowers but selling my CSA during that time is really what I should focus on in the future for Valentine's Day and you know workshops is something that is on my list of things to do in 2024 but said workshop needs to get built out first and that will come with time. What I also learned, especially as I was, you know, wrapping up my financials for the year and just looking at all the stats that I took is number one, I need to better at taking stats. I also need to do more of a reconciliation every month and evaluate how the month went. And I need to make that a priority. I know I'm super busy and I've got a lot going on, but maybe it's not sitting down and scrolling through Instagram that I am spending time to look at those numbers every month. But when I did look at 2023 from a financial as well as a statistical view, the springtime was my most successful time. Right at the end of school when you have graduations, you have parties, you have recitals, you have all the holidays just jam-packed into a few months and Mother's Day being at the top of that list was my most successful months and I really needed to focus in on how I take advantage of that timing and really push my florals during that time. And then I can take the month of August off which was crap and you know I've had to learn that based on my experience and based on poor sales in August. August. So the springtime, I grew so much. I spent a lot of time promoting myself, like things like Facebook. Facebook is where I was able to reach out to my community. My community is growing so much and so many new people are moving in from, I live close to Portland. It's like about 45 minutes to an hour away, but a lot of people are moving out here as the city continues to build um, housing developments in our town. So these people are new to my community and I've got to find a way to get my name out there. And so Facebook has been a great tool for that. And I just got to keep 
sharing. And I've realized not just putting out the constant for sale post, it's getting involved and educating and doing more than just the, I have flowers for sale, but really being an integral part of this community, which I have deep roots in and just showing that that is one of my core pillars of my business is that I am deeply rooted in this community. My kids go to school here. My husband has had a long family history in this community and really leveraging that and building on that. So that's one thing that I have learned. What I also learned this year, I made what I had for a cooler situation work, but I must, must get my walk-in cooler completed before Tulip Palooza. That was one thing. I remember the day my husband was like, hey, Rochelle, I need you to go down to Eugene and pick up these Christmas tree seedlings for me. And I told him that day I had made a commitment early in the morning to go do the garden club at the middle school and it was supposed to be a super sunny day and I was just feeling stressed out and he finally was like you know what we're not going to end up doing it anyways and thank god because that day after I got done with the garden club I went back home and it started to warm up the sun came out and holy tulips they all just started like cracking open so I was pulling tulips like crazy and I was just putting them in buckets and storing them in the cool dark garage and I would take a break and I would go wash off the tulip bulbs which were disgusting and had mold on them so that in itself was a process I stacked those things in my cooler and I have a fridge in the garage and it made it work I also borrowed somebody else's cooler to help fill you know the space with tulips but that entire day I was pulling tulips when the kids got off the school bus I was like I need your help come help pull the tulips that is a lesson learned here is that you know when we get those early sunny warm days in spring do not walk away from your field if you have a full-time job like you're going to want to work from home that day or take the day off because your tulips will blow open and all that work and investment is gone and so that was a good lesson learned and thank goodness the stars aligned that day because I would have came back with Christmas tree seedlings in hand and Matt would have been on my you know what list Another thing that I just wrote my newsletter to my Freckled Bloom Flower Club, which is my version of a CSA, but it's more than just the flowers. I wanted to create an experience with these customers of mine that have been with me from day one. They are my diehards. I love them and if you gals are listening, you know you hold a special place in my heart. So my first year of flower farming, I just tested the waters. I did things very slowly and with little impact because I wanted to explore this thing called flower farming. In my second season, after doing, you know, all the research in that first year and really getting a grasp of the flowers and doing a lot of research, I decided to do a CSA in my season two and I called it at the Freckled Bloom Fire Club. And it was simply just flowers. But as I was in my field one day, you know, I thought to myself, I should do a member appreciation event. 
And thus, the evening of the flowers was born and I saw the connection I was making with my customers because before then, the CSA, you know, either they just picked up or dropped off and there really just wasn't this broader connection that I wanted to make. And so the evening of the flowers that first year is a random thought, but it was a blessing from the skies because it really showed me that creating this deeper connection with my customers was going to create this long-term relationship with them. So in season two of the Freckle Bloom Fire Club, I did two events. When you were buying the subscription, you were not only buying the flowers, but you were buying into these exclusive events I had on the farm. And so in the second season, I kicked off the season with a Mother's Day tea, which the ladies loved. They were able to bring a plus one with them and even their plus ones were like, how do we sign up for this? So I had to open it up to allow some of those folks to sign up. And so even though inflation was high, costs of things were super high, yes, I saw that impact. But what I also saw that folks were willing to spend what they spent with me during those holidays like Mother's Day, but those that were truly invested in me and my farm, they saw the benefit of paying for that subscription. And so season two just really opened my eyes to what this could be. And so as I now launched season three, you betcha my loyal, loyal customers were there at the 11 o'clock hour to sign up and that just made my heart sing so much. And I think, you know, similar to last year, folks signed up during Mother's Day because it is the floral holiday. So I do anticipate more more growth within the club around the Mother's Day holiday that just the Freckle Bloom Flower Club just continues to show me so many things about myself as well as my business as well as my community. What I also have realized in this last season is I need to form more partnerships and more locations in town. I would do the historical pop-ups in town and always, always, folks would come to me and they'd be like, but you're so far away. I'm only like a 15-minute drive from downtown. But whenever I would do the pop-ups, I would not see those people that told me that I was too far away. But what I would see are all the guys. I would either do them on a Thursday or a Friday. Friday, I do my other job. So Fridays became harder last season. But the guys would always pop in there and buy flowers for their ladies. So I need to make a priority of doing more pop-ups next season. But I also want to explore some more partnerships. So in my town, like we're very spread out. And actually, I'm kind of in a middle zone between my town of Estacada and an adjacent town. So how could I, you know, thinking ahead to 2024, do some more partnerships with some local businesses to do like a pickup or do something to get my flowers in the hands of other communities because out here 
where I live, there really is like the grocery store flowers and that's about it. But I also am challenged with the fact that we are a commuter town. So a lot of people, yes, they reside here, but they're also commuting into the bigger city to go to work and oftentimes they're doing their errands on their way home. And so I'm not exactly on that path home. So what I have learned, especially in this last season, I did a lot of, I tested the water with some different like you cut events. That right there, I feel like I need to do a better job with marketing, but that folks, they will want to come out to do something specifically, but to visit the roadside stand every weekend can be quite challenging, especially because, um, you know, the circle that I'm in right now is you know my kids are in you know middle school and so most of the kids are super busy with sports and so those families are also super busy with sports so how am I attracting customers that are in that stage of life to come out to the farm and I've just got big dreams for 2024 do I see them all being accomplished in 2024 nope but you know, I'm starting to just really narrow in on what's going to help me grow this farm and be successful. And I really honestly feel like you got to kind of try it all. You can sit here and listen to me and other podcasts about all the different ways you can sell flowers and what may be successful for me might not work for you and vice versa. Until you really try it for yourself, you don't really know. And I've learned that when I'm trying something, I'm actually learning another opportunity that might work out better. So this year, I also discovered that these one-time events, like a fall festival, for example, is a great opportunity for me to engage in my community and sell products. I raised a lot of dried flowers this year with the goal to do some different products that I could sell in the fall and the winter time. And I did do a couple events in the fall that were great. They were great for me to put my face out there. Folks see posts from me all the time. But to be able to connect with me and have a conversation with me, that was really important in building this relationship with my community and my customers and future customers. So I'm definitely going to keep an eye on those unique events but then also picking the right one. Like I did the vintage fair market and that maybe wasn't the best decision. Number one, it was too hot and my product melted, I melted, the customers melted, they stopped coming and it was just a complete waste of my time. And so that is one thing I have evaluated a lot this last season is what is my time worth and where should I invest it? Matt got me a golf cart for Christmas, which is amazing because I spend a lot of time like walking back and forth, back and forth, you know, filling up my jars with water. Like it sucks up so much time. And so the golf cart's going to be like a game changer in 2024. And that is just something, you know, oftentimes I'd be scrolling through Instagram and you see other farmers have like these side by side or gators, I would be like, oh, I need one so bad. But my friend was rolling around the block in her golf cart. And I was like, 
dude, that is brilliant. Like a golf cart. It's something that's not as expensive and you can retrofit it to fit your needs. And so I mentioned that to Matt not too long ago. So he found one on Craigslist for a really inexpensive price and he redesigned it and he welded on my cart to it and he's got some more improvements that he's going to make to it. But it's actually even better than say like a side-by-side or a gator because it doesn't require gasoline. It charges electrically and it just fits what I really had in mind for something that would get me from point A to point B at a faster pace. So I'm really excited for that. So if you are in need of said vehicle, check out Craigslist Facebook Marketplace for a golf cart. (laughs) Also, you know, I only did a couple weddings this year. I don't do any big marketing. I do marketing on my local Facebook page, but I'm not going to specific events and getting myself out there. Weddings are a great business to be in, but for me, they're so stressful. I just, there's so much emotion that's rolled into a wedding and getting it right. I'm such a perfectionist that it just stresses me out and I'm not sure I want all that stress in my life. But what I have found is that if I find a couple that's aligned with my goals using local flowers, they really are entrusting me with with their vision. Those are my people. I'm not for big fancy weddings. I'm more for smaller scale micro weddings. DIY buckets has been a huge hit for not only weddings but parties and all the things. So that's really where I'm going to focus my attention in the wedding world is just kind of doing more of those micro scale weddings as well as farewell flowers. I absolutely love doing them and I'm going to try to dip my toe in the water there as well. So all in all, it was a great year. I learned a lot. I also learned that the dollar is tight in many households, that folks are pinching pennies and flowers are a luxury good. And so leveraging those holidays where they are looking for flowers, it also allows me to have work-life balance as well. My kids are growing up and they're growing up fast. And you can be all consumed by this life called flower farming. And I need to take more time to spend with my family. So what business models are going to get me there? This next season, I have shortened my CSA program to end in August. I'll end the program with Evening with the Flowers. And then I'm taking the rest of the summer off. I'll do custom orders, but I'm going to go camping with my kids. I'm going to enjoy the summer with my kids because pretty soon they're going to be off to school and off to their next adventure. I need to treasure the short amount of years that I have left with them here in my house. So I feel like you you do you, boo. That's Natalie. That's what she keeps telling me lately is you do you. What I say here may not work for you and vice versa. And that's okay. What I will now spend a moment to do is just highlight all the beautiful flowers that I had great success with. And I'll kind of start with the spring. So the specialty doves, 
for me are amazing. I love them. My customers love them. They're that first bit of spring that and just flower life again that they truly enjoy. And so that is, I've got big goals there. Also, with my Mother's Day tea, the ladies really loved walking the field and cutting their own flowers. And so even if I let a bunch of them bloom out, that's okay because I might do those one-off U-cuts in the 2024 season and those daffs just are incredible. I also really loved anemones. They just are so beautiful and I just love them. Now I know that most love their ranunculus and I think they're gorgeous too but what I have learned is I'm not gonna spend the time to hoop and cover those babies all winter long. It's not worth it. What my goal is is having flowers on Mother's Day and I learned this year that I can plant later and not have to try to baby them all winter long and I still have ranunculus when I need them. I also learned that I can have fall ranunculus. I did a bit of an experiment and I have several locations on my farm where it stays cooler and I tested it out this last season and I had fall ranunculus. So I think I'm going to try doing later season ranunculus as well as fall ranunculus. Peonies is another just amazing flower. I don't have to tell you guys this, but over the years I have expanded on my peony collection. Establishing your peony farm can be really expensive. So what I also learned this year is that I may have over ordered and I did sell some of the peony roots that I could not find a location for on my farm and so that helps kind of cover the cost of the ones that I planted this year but you know I do hear a lot of advice like that's the first thing that you should plant but I also feel like it's good to know the flowers first and so looking back to my first year I was just so overwhelmed with all the options that were out there but I really have spent the last couple years going to the wholesaler number one if you have a wholesaler or a co-op in your area you should be going there on a weekly basis even if it is just to look at what the product is available the pricing of the product that right there is such excellent advice and I wish I would have done it sooner because you will really quickly learn how expensive flowers are and what just are the different options out there and what type of niches you can create within your own marketplace and so this last year I just fell in love with a couple different varieties of peonies and so I bought peony roots for them I already have like about 300 in the ground and I maxed out that's it that's all the peonies I'm going to grow because they take up a lot of space and, and I interplant in my peonies just because they take up so much bed space but you know they're so short-lived they are amazing 
and beautiful. But I've also learned that with the dahlias is that, you know, dahlias are beautiful, but they have such a short vase life. And so I'm not a dahlia farm. I'm going to have some because you need them and they're beautiful. But I also want to always have a mixture in my bouquets. I've said this from day one. When you get my flowers, you're going to have a mixture of flowers. You're going to have those that wow you and may not live as long. You're going to have those that maybe live a week in the vase. And then you may have those that dry in the vase. So having a mixture that accomplishes that goal for me is what has my customers coming back week after week buying my flowers because they have seen the quality. I also have learned that, and this is kind of just me in general, but just because I live in a small town and I've been telling this to my customers over and over again, just because we live in a small town doesn't mean we don't deserve designer level flowers. And so by Starting with seeds is a really cheap way to experiment with different varieties. And so I've done just that, especially with like the Lizzyanthus. Of once I've finally figured out how to germinate them and grow them on, I'm trying all different kinds of varieties to see what I love. But then introducing my customers to these flowers that they've never seen before, it doesn't make financial sense at the very beginning. But now that I've gotten them in their hands and in their homes and they realize their true beauty they're coming to me more and more asking for direct bunches of say lisianthus but I've evolved I've learned that over time by trialing the various different flowers and by growing them from seed I'm able to do that with kind of a lower investment so anyways going back to my list of favorite flowers and I, I know I could go through all of the seasons and just name so many of them off, but I'll just kind of give you my tops of what were excellent performers for me, what my customers loved, and the most profitable. So I started with kind of the spring, so rolling into summer, I know that some may shake their head to this but cosmos are at the top of the list for me i am kind of this hybrid model of i don't do um agrotourism but as people are uh, they have to take a drive to come see me so making it worth their while is something that i've learned and this fall when i did one of my pop-ups i learned just that by connecting with my customers that they told me we love taking a drive and driving up to your farm every weekend and seeing it evolve. So dedicating the first couple of rows that are on the road to just flowers that are beautiful, that feed the pollinators, but people can see is something that I've been working on and will continue to work on and just let them be beautiful. And Cosmos are an inexpensive way to accomplish that goal. And I just, I love them. Number one, in the springtime, when I'm feeling like I'm lacking greenery, I will go out there and just cut the cosmos 
greenery and it fills up a bouquet but it's also when I do the special you cut events that's something where I say you guys can cut the the cosmos have at it and they always flock to them so cosmos are at the top of my list the next one is straw flower probably my most profitable impressive crop ever I did not have a lot of plants but those straw flowers just pumped out blooms all season long at the beginning of the season I would have my kids just go in and pop the heads off and then I save them in totes and I was able to do my dried pumpkins in the fall with them and different crafts with them so by pinching by harvesting I was able to get those blooms but honestly we're now in January and I've still kept those straw flower plants out there and they're still green and look fantastic so straw flower, you won my heart this season. The Scoop Scabiosa, beautiful, beautiful. I know they're kind of a pain in the butt to harvest, but they were a wow factor in my bouquets. People love them and they pumped out a ton of bloom. So I know that I hear oftentimes people hate harvesting them, but I just, they were a great investment that I trialed and I'm going to be ordering more. The roses, we have a hate love relationship and the hate part is the deer. I just have such a horrible experience with deer, but what it's taught me is I'm not going to invest in this huge deer fence. I don't want to stare at an ugly deer fence. So I'm going to plant what they won't eat. But I also found that, you know, I had this vision for a rose garden and my dad, the farmer, would come to my place and he was like, that seems like such a waste of space, Rochelle. As you know, I just had these bare root roses that I had just got. And yeah, they take up like a significant amount of room. But what I also found is I decided to cover crop in between them. And not only did I benefit from the flowers like Facilia that I could cut out of the rose garden, but I also kept the deer out. It was such jungle in there that they didn't they didn't touch them. So that was a uh, trial by fire experiment that proved successful. The bearded iris are just so beautiful, and I love to pop them into those extra special bouquets. This is one thing that I have learned over time is that I have two different type of bouquets on my website, two different price points. And those two different price points are what will get me out to the field, harvest and design a special bouquet and potentially deliver it. I'm not going to put together a $20 bouquet and go deliver it. That's not a good use of my time. And so the bearded iris just add that really designer touch to an arrangement and they're gorgeous. Status is another flower that's at the top of my list. It's perfect fresh but it's also wonderful dried and I was able to make all kinds of ornaments with it and it will forever be a staple on my farm. I already talked about peonies but Sarah B she's got my heart. They're just so beautiful. Lysianthus will always be at the top of my list. It's just such a beautiful flower and long lasting and I am moving the dial 
it is what is creating a niche for me is that others may focus on growing zinnias and dahlias, but by growing lisianthus, I'm setting myself apart from the competition and I absolutely love it. It's my favorite flower. Just some others that I'll call out. Rat tail status was a favorite of mine. Astrantia. I do a lot, like I said, wedding work and specialty designs. And so having those unique special blooms and even if you just have a couple plants, you don't dedicate a lot of space to them, but say they're in your landscape, like Astrantia, for example, is in my landscape. It's beautiful, and if I need to harvest it, I will, but it pumped out so many blooms. And I always get asked the question, well, where do you get it? So for some of those specialty plants, I shop my local nurseries because you don't see some of those unique and special varieties in large quantities and like say plugs. And so I've just been building my collection over the years. And so I just say, and it's kind of like hellebores too, finding those really special and unique ones, I've collected them over the years. Yarrow was another really favorite flower of mine and fresh and dried is just incredible. And surprisingly, the filler flowers are what really stand out to my customers. They were always the flowers that they were asking me about. So I think that's the thing is, you know, people see roses in the store. They see sunflowers. They see peonies. You know, it's nothing that's unusual. But it was those filler flowers that they had never experienced before that that's what they were intrigued with. That's what they were interested in. Like um, celosia. Everyone always asked me about celosia and just the foliages like bronze fennel is at the top of my list. I love bronze fennel for the foliage, it's flower, it's seed pod. If a flower or a foliage gives me multiple seasonal benefits, it is a win-win for its space on the farm and for me as a business owner and bronze fennel it's a perennial it comes back year after year also when you cut it it smells like black licorice and that was always something that people were intrigued by uh peony foliage that was another big just lifesaver in the fall delphinium i was so impressed by my delphinium i got multiple blooms off my plants that are perennials and i'm starting more seeds and hoping to have a bigger crop nigella was another one that its flowers are just so beautiful and people loved but the seed pods were something that people were just like, what is this? And the fact that I told them that they would dry in their vase and that eventually they could, it would be filled with seeds that they could replant in their garden. They absolutely love that. So those are just a few flowers that were on my top most loved list. I'm sure that I'm missing a ton. I mean, honestly, they're just all incredible and I love them. If you have some favorites, let's add them to the list. And I know I always ask the question about which ones would you fire? So which ones would I fire? I will fire anything that the deer eat. I'm just not going to fight that battle. It's not worth it. So anything that's that gets eaten by deer, it's gone. So kale, that was, I tried the flowering kale. Not going to do that. I need to just mention marigolds for a second. 
I am definitely going to grow more marigolds last year. Luckily, right before the Day of the Dead, we had not had a frost. So I was able to harvest and sell every single bloom I had for those looking for the marigolds. And so I want to grow more of them. Also, the deer don't touch them. So I did interplant them in my roses and they stayed out of my rose garden. But yep, anything that they're going to eat, I'm just not growing it. But really everything that I grew was successful in its own way. And just lessons learned from a business perspective. So I'm going into my fourth season and I'm still investing in this farm. Have I made huge profits? Nope. Everything that I have made, I've reinvested in the farm. This year, I didn't have my day job to fall back on, and so I feel like I succeeded in the fact that I was able to maintain my lifestyle that I had when I had a day job and the flower farm. As I continue to grow my business, I'm investing back in it. And I'm doing it gradually. I'm not getting myself into debt for it. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud that I've been able to grow my flower farm and my floristry business with the fruits of my labor. So yeah, I'm just, I'm really proud of that. And yeah, there were a lot of bumps and bruises along the way, but I learned and I grew from well, friends, I love to hear what were some of the great highlights of your year and maybe some of the things that you learned from. So make sure to send me a DM. Also, if you're interested in joining the podcast in season two, I welcome you to reach out and let's get you scheduled for an interview. Well, thanks again, friends, for being here. And I can't wait for more conversations in the upcoming year. And I hope you all are doing well and take care. And I know it's been a while since the Freckle Bloom Fire Kids have offered up their fun facts, but they've been a little busy. But I thought it'd be fun to end this first season recap with what was some of their favorite things about the season. So Natalie, what was one of your favorite memories from this last season? Going to the Time Traveler's Brewery for a Christmas festival and selling flowers and flower ornaments with my mom. That was a really fun time. So what was one of your most favorite flowers? My favorite flower was Coco Loco roses because they smell the best. Which ones do you not like so much? Um, none of them. That's a good answer. Okay, Tucker, what was your favorite memory of the season? My favorite memory of the season were the times where I went out into the field and my mom was talking to my grandpa, and I got to talk to him as well. That's a good memory. And what was your favorite flower? Probably the Lysianthus. So which ones don't you like so much? None of them. Thanks Thank you for, for listening. listening. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for joining in to the conversation. And together, all boats will rise and local flowers will be blooming fabulous in all of our communities. So if you are a fellow flower farmer that want to join in on the conversation, please reach out to us to get you scheduled for a podcast episode. And if you're just listening in and enjoy the podcast, please share with your friends, your family, and everybody you know. We really appreciate it. Thank you.